Welcome back to another episode of City of Desert. I'm Father David Abernathy, and we're continuing our reading of the Philokalia, in particular writings on prayer of the heart. And we've been reading over these past weeks the, the writings of St. Hezekiah of Jerusalem, in particular his writings on sobriety and prayer. And we've been focusing in particular upon uh, developing this sobriety or watchfulness of heart, and the, the means through which we maintain not only a kind of constancy in that struggle, but also uh, allow this gift to continue to develop within us. And this is what Hezekiah continues to do in paragraphs 32 and following, which we'll be looking at today on page 286 of the text, if you're following along. He begins in paragraph 32 by writing, we ought to flee from overboldness, unguarded freedom of behavior towards others, as from the poison of a snake, and to avoid frequent conversation as we would serpents and the brood of vipers. And so a familiarity with, with others in conversation is something that can lead us away from the, the, the quiet of this spiritual life and the internal uh, stillness, but also away from the kind of watchfulness that we need. Uh, when we engage in frivolous conversation, often we will let down our guard, not only in our speech with others, but uh, simply let down the, the guard over our heart and over our thoughts in general. And so we are to flee this kind of overboldness, as he describes it, or familiarity, as we would uh, a brood of vipers. That's how dangerous uh, this kind of thing can be. And again, I think in our generation, in our time, uh, familiarity is the norm uh, in our conversations uh, personally with people, but even online. Uh, there's rarely uh, a thought that is not shared with others today, uh, whereas the Desert Fathers would warn us that we are to keep a guard over our hearts, and one of the ways that we do that is by keeping a guard over our, our lips, that we avoid unnecessary speech. Now, this doesn't mean that we living in the world cannot engage in day-to-day -day conversation with others, but we are called as Christian men and women to have great, much greater discipline uh, than what we see going around, on around us in the culture that we are not to be so free with our thoughts and our emotions, what we're feeling. Uh, to reveal such things uh, to others is also at times to reveal them to the demons, to reveal our own vulnerabilities uh, to others uh, in the spiritual life. And so we place ourselves in jeopardy. And so Hezekiah tells us directly, he says, For these things have great power to bring us quickly into complete forgetfulness of the inner warfare and to draw the soul down from the joyful heights reached by purity of heart. So they can bring about an almost immediate fall in the spiritual life, and so are not to be taken lightly. This accursed forgetfulness is opposed to attention as water is to fire, and every hour is violently hostile to it. And so each hour of the day holds within it the danger of falling into this kind of familiarity in our speech. And so uh, from the moment of our waking to the moment when we sleep, we are to be guarding our, 
our hearts, but also guarding our, our activity and our conversation with others. There is an unfortunate pattern that uh, begins to develop in the spiritual life if we are neglectful in this regard. He writes, For from forgetfulness we come to negligence, and from negligence to contempt of the rules of the spiritual life, and to despondency and lust that have no place. And so out of our forgetfulness we become negligent of the basic spiritual practices and even come to hold them in contempt. We no longer cherish them as we, we should. And because we lose our love for the things of the spiritual life, we fall into a kind of spiritual despondency. Uh, we become bored with the spiritual life. We feel that there's a great loss to us. And so we give ourselves over to the lust uh, that are within our hearts that, and that have no place. So even if we've gained a certain purity of heart, we can fall into this unfortunate pattern very easily. He then tells us, and so we turn again to the things that are behind us, like a dog to his vomit. Uh, this is taken from the letter of, of Peter, and uh, he's actually making a reference, I think, to uh, Proverbs in this. As a dog returns to his vomit, so the sinner returns to his sin. And so when we fall into this negligence uh, in our pattern of thinking and watchfulness, we will very easily return out of curiosity, perhaps, a kind of sick curiosity as a dog returns uh, to his own vomit. We return to that which is repulsive, and it regains its control over our heart and over our interest. And so it's not as though we are stagnant in the spiritual life or stop where we've left off when we become negligent. We are drawn back into the mire and the filth of our sin very easily. Because of this, Hezekiah issues the most dire warning. He writes, let us flee then from the willfulness as from poison, the poison of death, and let us cure the evil mischief of forgetfulness and what springs from it by a most strict guarding of the mind, and by constantly calling on our Lord Jesus Christ, for without him we can do nothing. And so when we begin to see this pattern develop, we are to guard our hearts and our minds even more strictly, and to focus in particular, Hezekiah tells us, on the, the unceasing prayer uh, that we are called to engage in, the Jesus prayer, uh, to, to let this be our, our primary weapon in the warfare. As a way of strengthening our, ourselves in this battle, we are also to make use of the body, or more specifically bodily asceticism, that we are to humble the, the mind and the body, and the, the two support each other. And so Hezekiah will go on to tell us in this next paragraph, that we are not to pamper ourselves in the spiritual life. Again, uh, as Philip Neary would often say, heaven is not for cowards. And so we can pamper the body whenever it comes to uh, restraint in food or sleep or other things uh, that we are to seek to control in regards to our bodily appetites. And so Hezekiah writes in paragraph 33, it is not normal it is not possible to be friends with a snake and to carry it in your bosom. Neither is it possible to indulge the body in all sorts of ways, to pamper it and love it, 
beyond what is useful and necessary, and at the same time to have a care for heavenly virtue. So it is impossible to engage in the spiritual life, to seek purity of heart, and to foster this watchfulness. Uh, if at all, we are to pamper ourselves. Again, Christianity is an ascetical religion. It calls us to exercise our faith and to exercise it in specific ways in order that we might be able to foster the virtue that Christ has called us to. And so he writes, For the nature of the one, the snake, is to wound him who warms it. And the nature of the other, the body, is to defile by movements of lust him who pampers it. So just if we were to draw a snake to ourselves, it would eventually strike us. And so as we would pamper our body uh, in any way, uh, it, it will eventually strike us as well, that it will betray us. Even we, though we thought it a friend, it turns out to be an enemy that then gives rise to all kinds uh, of thoughts, simply because we have overindulged. He then tells us, And inasmuch as the body sins, let it be beaten with whips to the drawing of blood, like a runaway slave who has drunk himself full of wine. Let him be aware that he has a master, the mind, ready to punish him if he gets drunk with lust as with wine in a tavern. And so, in a way, we have to engage in a kind of reparation for our own negligence, that if we see ourselves pampering our body, and if we see the fruit of that, which is the, the beginning and the rise of lust within the hearts, then we are to engage in an even more strict way in these ascetical disciplines. We are to fast with greater rigor, uh, engage in vi vigils, all to humble the body even more, uh, uh, seemingly weakening the body in order to strengthen the mind and the heart. In some ways, this might seem counterintuitive, especially uh, to those of us who have lived and been formed by the modern culture, that so much of the spiritual battle does involve the humbling of the self. And we are often focused on not only the strengthening of our egos, but also the strengthening of our bodies. And so we'll overindulge in both respects, whereas the spiritual life tells us that we are to humble one so as to humble the other. So humbling the body, making it uh, experience even a kind of weakness, is to weaken the grip of such thoughts and appetites, bodily appetites, upon us. This is not an easy battle to fight unless we have a kind of clarity in our thought, that there is a kind of struggle between the flesh and the spirit. And so Hezekiah writes, Let not this mortal clay, this daughter of darkness, also be ignorant of her immortal mistress, that is, the soul, until your very departing, trust not in the flesh. It is said, the carnal mind is at enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God. And again, the flesh lusteth against the spirit. And again, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. It's only this kind of clarity, then, that can help us engage rightly in the spiritual life that 
until we leave this world, that we are always going to be, in some sense, driven by the needs of the body and by our bodily appetites. We'll always have a hunger uh, for food, and we'll always be driven by our, our bodily and sexual appetites so that lust arise within the mind and the heart. And so our discipline is to be relentless uh, because these appetites will be relentless throughout the course of our lives. Thank you for joining us for this episode of City of Desert, especially as we continue to consider the importance of the ascetical life through the writings of St. Hezekiah. I'll see you soon.